0: I'm super delighted that you're joining us for the second week of this series, which I'm calling Encounters. Listen, the gospel tells us, the gospels tell us that there are two ways in which people had encounters with Jesus. One way is that they would find Jesus. The second way is that Jesus would find them. All you have to do is just look around the world in which we're living. And uh, you don't need a rocket scientist to say if this was ever a time that we need to know the power and the love And the security that is found in God and especially in his son, Jesus, it's now. And that Jesus wants to have an encounter with you. Now, listen, when I talk about Jesus having an encounter with you, I'm just I'm not talking about just him touching your life. I'm talking about the kind of encounter that causes a radical change in how we understand who we are and our places in the world. And in order to have these encounters, you know, sometimes you've got to set aside some time to demonstrate that you're open for such encounters. And so we have set aside 40 days here at New Beginnings. We call it our PF40 uh, effort. I want to invite you to join us in this effort for the next 40 days. We are praying and fasting. And when we say fasting, we means we're giving up things like Maybe our favorite meal or coffee or candy, carbohydrates. For me, I'm giving up the warriors, guys. Why? Well, to create space for me to spend more time seeking God's face, reading, praying, listening, drawing close to him so that he can empower my life in a a brand new and fresh way. I want to encourage you to participate as well. Listen, here's what. God says to us through the writer, Jeremiah, he says to those of us who would dare seek him like like I'm talking about wholeheartedly. Here's here's what he says. In those days when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me, that's what we're doing. We're looking for him with a whole heart, wholeheartedly, he says, you will find me or I, as I would like to say, he will find you. All right. Okay. Let's move on to the reading of our passages for today. Uh, Two passages of Scripture, one in Matthew and the other in John. Here, Jesus is asking a question and he is speaking into the life of one of his disciples. Let's see how it unfolds. Matthew chapter 15. Here's what it says Then he, Jesus, asked them, meaning the disciples around him, But who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah. The son of the living God, Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. No, you did not learn this from human beings. And I say to you right now that you are Peter, which means rock. He changes his name right there, Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell. Will not conquer it. And then let's look at the passage that we read uh, on last weekend. Peter denies Jesus three times, and the third time is where the passage picks up. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And at that very moment, uh, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, You will deny three times that you even know me, Jesus had told him. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Last weekend, I told you that driving the arrest and crucifixion of Jesus, driving Peter's denial of Jesus was fear. But I also told you that there is an incredible antidote inside of our relationship with Jesus as we open our hearts for him to encounter us afresh. And inside of our relationship with Jesus, there are two things that we come to know experientially. The first is that there is a life that cannot be destroyed. That's part of the antidote to our fears. The second is that there is a love that cannot be diminished. I want to share with you a testimony of one of our partners, founding partners of New Beginnings uh, Church, who had a Jesus encounter, an encounter with that radical love. Let's listen to what he has to say. Hey, everybody. It's good to uh, see you. I have my uh, just a wonderful, wonderful member and partner of uh, New Beginnings Community Church, a founding partner of New Beginnings Community Church, Andy uh, Winfield, with us today. And um, if you were with us last week, you know that we took some time to talk about uh, the life of Peter inside this new series called Encounters. And even though Jesus changed Peter's uh, name from Simon to Peter, which means rock. Uh, By the time we come to the crucifixion of Jesus, Peter ultimately betrays Jesus. He leaves that moment uh, feeling uh, like a failure, a betrayal, a liar, someone who's undependable, full of shame and guilt. But then he encounters Jesus post-resurrection and his experience of Jesus' love and grace transforms him into the rock that Jesus said he would ultimately be. He became dependable and strong and courageous, willing to give his life for the cause of the gospel. And so, so often we look around the day and we say, are there any examples of that kind of transformation uh, after encountering Jesus in the world around us? Well, Andy... Is one of those lies that is in fact one of those examples. So Andy, thank you for joining with us today. And really, I just want you to take a few moments and share with all of us who are listening a little bit about the pre-Andy days before uh your life-changing encounter with Jesus that shifted it. So just take a few moments and tell us a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you so much uh, for inviting me to be able to share what Christ has done in my life. Yes. You know, I I grew up in a home that went to church very early. My uh, mother and father both know Christ. But when I was in high school, I started uh, experimenting with drugs and doing this and that. And uh, as life went on, I I got married and had two wonderful children. But in the midst of that, you know, my life became uh, problematic. Mm. My marriage ended, and that's really where everything uh, for me started to go very much downhill. I wow. started to rely on drug use for emotional support, and uh, found myself addicted to methamphetamines. Wow! And uh, you know, by the grace of God, this this year, um, God willing, in November, I'll I'll celebrate 22 years of methamphetamine. Uh, not using methamphetamine for variety
0: praise the lord walking in freedom that's fantastic now Mm -hmm. how long uh were you hooked on on uh method you know it it
1: really was about uh, a very quick downward spiral about seven or eight months that i was really uh in 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 a problematic way i was very much in trouble i I remember, though, you know, I, I'd always had the foundation of Christ as a family, and I would be staying up, and uh, I couldn't go to sleep because of the drugs. And on TV would come a pastor, and I'd have to change it right away because, as you said, with with uh, Peter, just the shame, you know, of yes. knowing yes where my life had gone. Yes, and uh, you know, to this day, it's it's difficult for me to watch a sunrise because. During that period when I was using, I, I would stay up all night, and the sun would come up, mm. and inside it would just be, "Oh gosh, you've done this again, mm. you've done this again." And uh, you know, it uh, it was a period of time where I, I wasn't around my children, um, my marriage had ended, and it was uh, a point where I found myself very much alone. Mm. Um, although I was never
0: alone, right? Yes. Yes, You felt that way. And yeah. uh,
1: so as things progressed, I, I knew I, I needed some help. And I found myself at a small church and ended up going to a Promise Keepers event. And wow. the Promise Keepers event, uh, multiple speakers. And for those who
0: don't know, Promise Keepers is a major Christian movement. Well, it was back in the 80s and 90s is that right that uh, yeah this was uh,
1: early 2000s but probably toward you know the the end of, of that time sure. period.
0: yeah focused on really bringing men uh, to Jesus and really bringing the power of Christ alive. Uh, in the lives of men. And so, so go ahead and just want to make sure people knew about that.
1: Well, thank you. And then one of the speakers that really touched my heart uh, spoke about his family and about how important that was to me. And at this point, um, I was being kept away from my children. And, you know, Mm. these, these uh, topics, this topic really touched my heart and, and made a great impression on me. And, And from that point forward, I started to go to church and I, I tried to stop using, I would use here and there and, and continue to stop. But then in, in November of 2000, I finally was able to find a place where I could rely on God. And uh, I started attending recovery meetings. I started going to church, sometimes two times a week, and just finding myself with people that love the Lord. And, you know, and, and no matter what, we love the Lord and the Lord loves us but we all have some reason that we need Christ in our lives. And so that was very much a, uh, a turning point for me, but I I do have to say, you know, during this time period, I I did get arrested. Mm. Um, I got arrested for possession of methamphetamines Mm. and uh, Mm. the amazing thing pastor is Mm. that just before the pandemic hit i was at uh, at a service and after the service i was doing the hospitality where we were putting out the coffee etc and the donut holes and things yes. And a gentleman comes up to me and he did look familiar but he goes do i know you wow do i know you and and we started talking a little bit and it turns out that this was a gentleman that arrested me Wow. Years earlier, years earlier, twenty some years ago, right? Yeah, it was. It was close to 20 years at that point. But, uh, you know, I was able to tell him that his event, that event and his uh, interaction with me was part of the reason that I was able to find my way to Christ. And Mm. part of the reason that my life turned around and, and, you know, it was also amazing was that he, he just thanked me so much because he had been retired now as a police officer, but there are not very many situations where he gets to talk to people where it's a positive outcome.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Brother
1: just gave me the biggest hug. And, uh, you know, I haven't been able to see him since because we've been, we've been shut down and, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll pass again or cross paths again at church but just an amazing story of Christ's hand on our lives so long ago. And yet everything comes full circle where, you know, clearly God is telling me I had a plan for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since that time, I, when I first got clean, I worked in a recovery, uh, recovery programs for uh, actually abundant life for mm-hmm. many years. And led a men's group for a number of years. I've been fortunate that we're in the Easter program. And, you know, through NBCC that I've been involved with the praise and worship team and different uh, events at Easter that we've had. And the prayer team that I'm on. And uh, just been a total turnaround recipient of Christ's love and Exactly, total total turnaround for me. And you know, they they say that methamphetamine is one of the hardest drugs to get over. But I have to be honest: is that once I found my way to Christ, I, I've not looked back, and right. I've not had any cravings or any want to use again. And I've uh, I have a completely blessed life. I've I've had wonderful jobs. I had a chance to start a restaurant and a business. I've got a beautiful wife that loves me so much and loves the Lord as well.
0: Yes. Yes. That is so important. Absolutely. 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 So uh, you really relate to Peter prior to his encounter of with Jesus after resurrection, feeling like a failure, betrayer, liar, undependable, all those things come with being an active addict. Right. And, and, um, and then, having experienced the love of grace of Jesus, now you too are in your own life a rock, right? Meaning dependable. Your life has been transformed. You've got solid impact uh, that is so much bigger than you. Uh, I just think that's amazing. I'm going to ask you one final question. You bet. And let me, let me just say one yeah. thing: that you know the Bible. Explains
1: that as when Jesus was resurrected, Peter knew that he had failed. Yes, and Christ asked, "Please go get Peter
0: and yes. the disciples." That's right,
1: specifically. Yes, and in that way, I very much feel like Peter. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you.
0: Go ahead. No, 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 no. That leads into if you had to just say for those who are listening. Here's, here's how my encounter with Jesus helped change my course of direction. How would you, how would you, what would you say to the answer to that question?
1: Wow. Our encounters. You know, sure. I, I would say that my encounter with Christ has put me in a position where I know I'll never be failed or forsaken. Mm -hmm. I know that regardless of where I go and what I've done, Mm -hmm. I'm valuable. Yes. In the sight of Christ. Yes. I can be used. And this is the weakest moment of my life that we're talking about here. And yet, so many times, Christ has used this for his glory. Amen. And, you know, that is just such an honor for me to be in a position where God can. Use me to reach others that have a like situation as mine or even a different situation just so they can see that your life can really be changed and turned around completely. Mm. I, uh, I'm just so thankful
0: for the love of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. And so what you're naming is this, this becoming aware of how unconditionable, unconditionable, uh, the love of God is in Jesus. You 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 are loved beyond comprehension, right? Hundred
1: percent. And and the thing that just
0: really captures
1: my heart is to think that even in my in my lowest moments, even in right. my failures, Christ loved me just as much as He does today.
0: Yes. 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 Yes, and I suspect your ability to, to 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 grab hold to that love when you were in that space is what what was part of what allowed God to begin to pull you up and pull you out. Is that is that your very thing? much, very wow. much? So yes, wow. wow, wow. Well, Andy, you've been amazing. Thank you. You are amazing. I am so. Yeah. You're one of my favorite people, one of my heroes. I haven't had a chance to tell you that, uh, but I'm telling you that before everybody. And guys, Andy gives the best hugs on the planet. <laughs> the best hugs on the planet. Uh, one who knows what it's like to be loved, and he just communicates that as he uh, as he hugs his way through life, and uh, continues to be a blessing. Kath is a fabulous, fabulous wife and partner for uh, for him, and uh, and we're just blessed to have him at New Beginners. Wow, what a powerful, powerful testimony! Thank you so much, Andy, for sharing. Uh, how your encounter with Jesus has radically changed your understanding of who you are and your place in the world. And a reminder that those encounters happen every single day. Now, as you reflect on what Andy shared, here's something I want you to keep at the forefront of your mind. Jesus' encounters should change how we see ourselves. Even if you've been in the church for years, here's the question. Has your Jesus encounters changed how you actually view yourself? Now keep that in mind as we remember that Peter, after his third denial, the rooster crows. He remembers what Jesus has said that, yes, you're going to deny me three times before it's morning. And then the text says that Peter leaves the courtyard weeping. Bitterly. And I want to suggest to you that, you know, last week I talked about this notion of, of how fear drove Peter. Uh, and I, I want to suggest to you that in that 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 notion, he leaves the courtyard weeping bitterly. There's yet another level of how fear operates in our lives. There's another level of how bondage, if you will, manifests itself itself in our lives. We can hear it in Andy's story. We can see it here in Peter. I can even find it in my own story. For example, in 2017, uh, I received a phone call from my home state, Louisiana. Uh, The person who called me was the CEO of an organization called Families Helping Families. It's made up of uh, parents and service providers and educators, all who work to support and care for special needs kids. They were having a huge conference and uh, they uh, set aside a theme for that conference. You are not your label. And this person called me because she remembered uh, she knew my story way back when. How I started off as as a special needs kid and how I was, you know, I was a a nightmare in the classroom for most of my tenure up until about the, the, the 10th grade in high school. I mean, I was the kind of kid that would make a teacher pull her hair out, go get a wig and then pull all the hair out. Of the wig. <laughs> <laughs> but the CEO of this organization when they said you're not your label, immediately thought of me. She says, and she reached out and called me because she thought that I could offer some words of support and inspiration because, you know, I experienced a radical transformation just like Andy who experienced a radical transformation. Minds came from a different perspective, but it was just as radical because of an encounter with Jesus. And so she said, come and, and encourage and inspire and, and lift the spirits of these uh, parents and service providers and educators who are working uh, with special needs kids and remind them that the improbable is possible. I was happy to do it. So as I was thinking about it, she she part of what she said to me was, you know, people mislabeled you. But, you know, come talk about how you're not your label. But as I planned the speech for that occasion, I didn't focus on how others mislabeled me. I focus on how I mislabeled myself. I want to suggest that even in Andy's story, I suspect there was Andy mislabeling himself. It's part of what locks us into addictions. And as a matter of fact, let me just suggest this. I think buried in this text, Peter leaves the courtyard and we find him weeping bitterly. It's a Peter who is also struggling with, with this notion of Of who is he in the wake of this devastating, unthinkable experience that he's just executed? Who is he? Now, here's what I want you to keep in mind. Uh, I want to suggest there are public titles and private labels. Public titles, say public titles. Public titles are usually uh, those uh, names that are tied to the roles that we play in life. Your public title, father, mom, parent, public title, teacher, engineer, preacher, public, public title. Right. Uh, CEO, uh, employee at uh, whether it be Burger King or McDonald's, public title. Right. Son, daughter. Public title. And then there are what I want to call private labels. The public titles are tied to the roles that we play in the world. The private labels, uh, I want to suggest, are the perceptions that we hold of ourselves. And so often there is this real fear in us that there is a gap between our, our public titles and our private labels. A gap between, between what people think, who people think we are, and what we think about ourselves. Could that be you? Could that be you? Now, I want to suggest that one of the most powerful things that happened to Peter in his amazing story really happens in the first passages that I read earlier. It is, it is this notion uh, of, of how close he got to Jesus. And so let me just give you this insight real quickly. Uh, I, I get that you may have a perception of yourself, but what matters most is Jesus's perception of you and the question I want to get from ask you, do you know Jesus's perception of you? Uh, that is why a, this, this text is so powerful in Matthew. We, we, we read earlier, uh, Jesus goes into Cicero Philippi, his disciples are with him, he's getting close to the time of his crucifixion. He looks and sees on the coin uh, the emperor's picture, and everybody sees the coin, they think of the emperor of that area. And Jesus asked his disciples, well, who do people think I am? They give him a lot of different feedback. And then he asked the disciples, well, who do you think I am? You know, you've been with me for three and a half years. How well do you know me? You walk with me and you've eaten with me and we've been together. Do you really know who I am? And then Peter blurts out. He doesn't even have to think about it. It's amazingly, he says, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And, and, and the reply from Jesus with a great deal of excitement is simply, ah, my father must have overtaken your life because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Ah, And, and as a matter of fact, Uh, uh, your father called you Simon, Simon, son of Jonah. But in this moment right now, I'm going to give you a second name. I'm calling you Peter. That word means rock. And, And Peter, upon your confession, yes, that I'm the Messiah, right? The Christ. And upon the work that you're going to do to lay the foundation of my community, I'll say this, upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church. And the powers of hell will not prevail against it. Now, here's the insight. Peter got close enough for Jesus to speak into Peter's life about who Jesus saw Peter to be. Are you close enough for Jesus to speak into your life about what he thinks about you? Can he call out of you what only Jesus sees in you? That's a part of why we are praying and fasting and creating space so that we can slow our lives down to get close enough to hear what Jesus thinks about who we are. And even though Peter is weeping, having felt like this failure in the background of his mind, part of what's driving the weeping, is what Jesus has said about him. What Jesus has said about him. You know, I think about when I spoke to that group back in Louisiana, I shared the story of one of my dear, dear, dear friends, Charlene uh, Douglas. Um, she's, she and her husband, Kevin, they have a, a, a in their home, they create space for me. Every time I go to Louisiana, uh, I've got a room and a bathroom, all that. They're just fabulous. And Charlene is like a blood sister to me. I call her Charlie. But when we were growing up, I despised Charlie because she was the one who always got me in trouble. If I was acting up, cutting up on the bus, she'd call and tell my grand-auntie, and I'd get horribly disciplined when I got home. Or she would tell the teacher. I don't know. She just... And, and then, and then the thing that would really get on my nerves is from time to time, and I think this is what really drove her. From time to time, she would say, "Herman, I why are you acting like that? You are a preacher's kid." Oh, that's when I wanted to eliminate her from the planet. <laughs> Not because I was embarrassed or ashamed about being a preacher's kid, but because a preacher's kid—well, that was a label. That was a public title. You know, with that came. Preacher's kid became, what she was saying is, I'm supposed to be a role model. I'm supposed to be a pay setter. I'm supposed to be a leader. And here I am clowning and acting a fool. And from my perspective, every time she said that, it was a reminder. It it wasn't that I wasn't being a pay setter or a leader because, you know, I didn't want to be. It was because my private label wouldn't let me be. My, My private label, the way I thought of myself was that I was ugly that I was not smart, that I was a failure, that I was a nobody. My private labels created the fear that I could never be what she and others thought that I could be. Andy, in the worst parts of his addictions, his addiction. I'm sure he had the same thing. His private label as his wife left him, as he's abandoned from seeing his kids, as it seemed like his life is coming unglued, that he could never be, that he he was a failure, that he was an addict, that he could never be what he had hoped to be. What about you? The good news is Peter, as we find him weeping, this is part of his challenge, right? He's saying, Jesus referred to me as a rock, as someone who's solid, as someone who can be dependent upon. Every time they call my name, Peter, 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 they were saying rock, rock, rock. And here it is when Jesus most needed me, my goodness. I'm anything but a rock. I caved in. I betrayed him. I lied. I denied him. Oh, my God. Look at the gap between who Jesus says I am and who I actually am. But can I just say it again? At the end of the day, what matters most is what Jesus' perception is of you because this is the one who spoke into nothing and called creation into reality. And if he says it's in you, it is in you. My God, it's in you. It's your destiny. It's your your purpose that's working, that's coming to pass. Question is, have you gotten close enough to hear what Jesus has to say about you? I'll tell you the time that I heard Jesus speak to me that radically changed my life. I ended up in Ms. Gafford's class, but I was really in a season of prayer. I was realizing I was flunking out of school. I had a fight that I had lost. Everything was going horrible, and my grand aunt, uncle was going to be devastated. I had really turned to God. I said, "God, I need you to change my life." I was I was in need of a desperate encounter of God, and suddenly my heart came open. My 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 mind, my ears were open, and I ended up in the toughest teacher on the in on the in the school uh, class, Miss Gafford, her world history class, and there's a picture of me with her there. And, and she was a tough lady. She she carried a gun in her trunk. She changed her wig every, every day. She threatened my life when I came to the class. She said, you come here acting a fool, I'll kill you. You understand? <laughs> I'm sitting in the class. She asks a question. I raise my hand to say something funny, and out of my mouth comes the right answer. And and ultimately, she paused, stops the class, and she says, You know, boy, if you'd stop acting a fool and go home and study, you could be somebody. And because I was in this place of prayer, because my heart was open, my mind was open, I heard something that I had not heard here before. It was ultimately the voice of God saying to me, you're not a nobody. I see in you a Peter. I see in you a somebody, and because somehow that gripped my heart, I heard the whisper of God through Miss Gafford. I went home, and page after page cried my way from chapter to chapter, and by the end of the, uh, the semester, I was in the top five of the class, and God began to radically change my life because I, I heard what he whispered about me, and I took his word over my word about what my private label should be that <laughs> I'm called to be somebody. Here's was the good news. You know, Peter is weeping. He goes to a period of, that reflects repentance in his life. And, you know, we need to own our stuff, right? He had really messed up. It's good for him to own his stuff, that that we need times of repenting and being clear about God. You know, I I, I messed up. And that, that whole process that I just described, before that was my own repentant period. God, I, I just really messed up. And, 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 and in that space, I was open to hear God transformed my life. I'm sure Andy did the same thing. Repeat it. Whenever he, he got it wrong, I messed up. And somewhere inside of that, the God who declares you are Peter, come on now, that I see something in you, that I'm calling forth somebody out of you. That was the God that was able to radically change Andy's life and my life. And that is the one who meets Peter on the other side of resurrection. It's a wonderful thing, right? Peter meets the resurrected Jesus That Jesus says to him, ultimately, he says, Simon Peter, do you love me? And he says this three times. Just like Peter denied him three times, the the work of of reconciliation unfolds three times. And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus says, well, check it out. I'm putting you in charge of this church that I'm going to build. Feed my sheep. Because what I said about you, I'm calling forth. And, 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 and what I love about as we read about this Simon and Peter, you know, oftentimes you'll see those names together. Simon Peter, Simon Peter. Or you see Simon and Peter in the same. If you read back through the text, you see Simon and Peter in the same passage. And it's a wonderful reminder that when Jesus comes into our lives and radically changes us, we don't become perfect. You see, Peter always had a little Simon with him. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there was always some Simon in Peter's life, guys. Come on now. Uh, but, but, but the Simon was not setting the agenda for Peter's life. The Simon part of him was not setting the destiny of Peter's life. It was what God declared about Peter. He is Petra. He's rock. That set the destiny of Peter's life. But Peter was close enough. Come on. In, Fis- in Cicero Philippi. And he was close enough in this final encounter with Jesus to hear Jesus call out of him what Jesus knew was. Was in him, And this is all I'm saying, guys, that part of what I'm that I'm laying out before God in this season of prayer and fasting is 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 is, 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 is I, I, I want to hear what God has to say. Who am I in this new season? And, and, and part of what you, I pray, will be doing in this season. Why are you going to open up some space? Why are you going to pray? Why are you going to fast? Why are you going to really get serious is because you want to hear what God has to say about you and who you are in this new season. Let me end it this way. Remember this. Simply this. Jesus wants to tell you what he sees in you. You just have to position yourself to hear it, believe it, receive it, and make it your private label and act on it. All right, let's transition here. I just want to encourage you, if you haven't already, this is a time to join our 40 days of prayer and fasting, creating space, demonstrating how serious you are about opening up your heart to hear what he's got to say about you in this season. So uh, three words I want you to keep at the forefront of your mind. First is remember. Remember the card. If you're in the sanctuary, you've got a physical card about P.F. 40. But you can also find it in our app. If you don't have our app, you can download it right now immediately following this gathering. And there, when you, in the app, is our PF40 card. Tap it. You're going to see a full description about what we mean in terms of praying and fasting and how to do it. And then you're going to have a list, a prayer list, I don't just want you to spend 40 days praying for yourself. Think about some other people in your lives that you need to see God do some mighty things in. Maybe they're sick or they're having relationship challenges, whatever. Listen, pray for them and identify one thing you want to see God do in your life. And then designate, designate a place and a time where you're going to meet God every day at work or at home, a chair or a room or out in the park. This is your meet God place. And then connect is the third word. Connect with God. Take about 15 minutes and, and connect with God through Scripture and prayer. And here's where I'm going to help you. If you sign up today, I'll send you an email every single day that will have Scripture and reflection, all, everything you need in order to connect with God. All right, so let me help you uh, get there in terms of the sign-up. All right, scan the QR code right here, which is... Uh, the code to our connection card. I want to get you to our connection card. And there you're going to see what we call the message response. And if you'll check yes to the message response, you can also do this in the app. Here's what the message response you agree to. I accept the PF40 challenge and look forward to receiving a daily scripture email, of course, from yours truly, from Pastor Herman. Go ahead and check that, and we'll have your information. We'll get you into our database here's a reflection question i want to make sure that you take a picture of it starts to get you ready in this week what private label labels do i have that interferes with how jesus sees me can you call those out all right okay god bless you and it closes in prayer
1: Oh our father you are such a wonderful loving living god i I'm just enthralled by how you've loved me. And Lord, I I hope today that letting my weakness shine through so you could be strong through me will allow others that find themselves in the same situation, Lord, that they feel like this point in their life, things are not going as they should be, that they're failing, that they're not worthy of your love, Lord, that they would understand and see through my story of how you've loved me through the same kind of situation would touch their hearts, Lord, and that they would find a a way to seek a deep and loving relationship with you. I thank you, Father, for Pastor Herman and the lessons that he teaches with you, helping him along the way. And Father, I, I cannot be more appreciative of the life that you've given me, the love that you've given me, and how you trust us with what you give us, Lord. Thank you so much for loving me, for allowing me to be a failure and yet come through with your love to be what I feel is a successful man in life and a man that hopefully shines the love of Christ to others. I pray these things in the precious name of our Lord and our Savior,
0: Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, 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 amen.